Hello, everybody. We're back. Happy New Year! Hey, are you like me? Do you like to make fun and whimsical New Year's resolutions? Maybe your New Year's resolution could be rating and subscribing and reviewing podcasts that you enjoy, specifically ones called "Hi, I Think You're Nice." I mean. Be supportive of what other what other things you enjoy as well. But if you could rate, review, subscribe,、uh, iTunes is um uh preferable. But wherever you listen to podcasts, give us the old five stars or nice words or tweet at me. I might figure out how to tweet back one of these days, and wouldn't that be exciting? You could be there when I figure out how to tweet, huh? Yes. So embrace your wonderful New Year's resolution. Of、uh, I've now given it to you. It is no longer an option. Okay, sorry. All right, but we're focusing and we are focused. So this episode is with my friend Tony Beeman. He is a talented photographer. He's also a very talented programmer, improviser,、uh, friend, and whatnot, etc.、Um, I guess that's not a very nice way of ending a description of somebody with etc. But Tony, you know I love you. You're great. And so I hope you enjoy today's episode. Oh yeah, guys, don't forget I'm on Facebook. And Instagram, and on、uh, on Twitter, like I mentioned. So I'm. I think you're nice on Facebook. I think you're nice on Instagram, and I think you're nice on Twitter. Now, with this photography stuff, I'm going to be posting a lot of Tony's beautiful work, so that way you can see what we're talking about.、Um, so you can listen and and see with your eyes, and then light a candle so you smell something nice at the same time. It'll just be a full body experience. Okay, there's a plane flying overhead, so I think this intro has gone on long enough. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome back. I'm so glad to see you, and let's have fun. Hi, I think you're nice. Why? Hi, I think you're nice. Let's have a seat and let's have a nice time. I think you're nice. So let's chat. So let's chat. So let's chat. Think you're nice, so let's chat. Doo 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 doo. Hi and welcome to Hi. I think you're nice. I am your host Sarah Hanchar, and with me today is Tony Beeman. And、uh, as damn it, why do I never know how to do the intros to these things? <laughs>、um, you know the deal. <laughs> I talk to a nice person about nice things for about an hour.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, people, you know the deal. It's nice. Okay, get your act together. <laughs> so sit there nicely. And, no, I'm kidding. Do whatever you want.、Um, uh, yeah. Well, welcome, Tony. Sorry. Perfect entrance. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. I think it was great. <laughs> Thank you. You're very kind. So Tony and I are going to talk about photography.、Mm-hmm. Yay. Yeah. You like photography? When did you start getting into that? Um, I love photography, and I say I more love like seeing the world in different ways. So,、oh. uh, um, I remember my like my dad did have an old like film camera. He used to be a forest ranger.、Um, <gasps> cool. And I guess a little bit when I was born, but uh, um. So、uh, I I would kind of sneak down and look at it, and I'm sure I exposed any film which he had, which he was probably never going to use anyway.、Um, and then in college, I had like one of the first like Kodak digital cameras, which is this、oh. weird like square kind of camcordery looking thing that would take really really low resolution photos, and I would carry that around. 
Um, and then eventually I took some film classes. Um, but uh, I don't know. I like hiking. I used to do a lot of road trips with my good friend Andy. And I, but I mostly like seeing things. I'm a curious person. And, like, I'm aware that everything's, like, not going to be there forever. So I mm. kind of want to, like, see it and... Capture is kind of the word for it. I think it wasn't until I came out here to Washington. I took like a photography class at Bellevue Community College with this like cranky old like Vietnam era protester turned photographer who was like simultaneously kind of woke, but also like like Janine talks about feminism 1.0. Like sometimes oh. people get like locked into this older. They were progressive at one point and now they think they're really progressive. <laughs> so he would say things that were like, Probably well intended, but fairly <laughs> offensive. Um, but he was a street photographer, um, and I kind of took these film classes with him, um, and I sort of got hooked from there. Nice. That is a. I love how you describe that teacher. It was perfect. I know exactly who you're talking about. Like yeah. not in real life, obviously. I don't know him, but yeah, <laughs> that sounds that sounds about right. I went to a hippie college in mm -hmm. the desert. In Santa uh, okay. Fe, New Mexico, nice. where that was about half the staff yeah. that you just described. Right. So um, the other portion were um, uh, St. Michael's brothers from the... Wow. Were, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so... Um, but I grew up in... Uh, like, I grew up in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, which is... So it's Tennessee, East Tennessee, like the Bible Belt. But okay. it's also there was like a national lab there. It's where like a lot of the uranium was processed for the Manhattan Project. No kidding. Yeah. So I kind of grew up like people have like a devil and an angel on their shoulder. I always said like I had Jesus and Curious George on my shoulder. <laughs> okay. Of like... <laughs> And they didn't. What are those two up to now? Right. They didn't really. They didn't fight because they're both for me. Um, uh, were kind of like, oh, let's like seek out mysteries of the universe. Yeah. Type of like, like this. Um, I still think curiosity is like the greatest trait someone can have because it tends to lead them to be like open-minded and nice and not make assumptions and like it makes them interested in people. So uh, I was very lucky if I'm going to grow up in East Tennessee to kind of be near Oak Ridge, which is where I went to high school. Mm -hmm. um, and out of that, I got a lot of this, like, one, fascination with the world we live in, and two, like, technical skills and, um, or just an interest in, like, oh, it's not intimidating. It's actually just, it's like an interesting option to explore. Man, uh, sometime I'd like to talk to you more about the Manhattan Project. Um, <laughs> I guess that's not particularly nice, but science is nice. Uh, discovering is nice. Like you said, curiosity is nice. The stuff that came out of it, besides the big thing that came out of it, of mm -hmm. course, was, uh, like I said, I lived in New Mexico. So, um, yeah. Las Cruces, not Las Cruces, Los Alamos yeah. is right there. Um, and so, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Our high schools, um, uh, kind of, I guess Wildcats is our mascot, but like our logo, like on the side of the building was the atom itself, which is like... The atom itself, not the atom bomb mushroom cloud, Not the right? mushroom cloud. Okay, the, like, that's good. You know, the like diagram with the little like electrons yeah. orbiting around. Yeah, that was our, that was our high school's logo. Oh, I, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Aw. Your curiosity is what got you into it. Yeah, well, I... Uh, I, I could 
say so many things about photography, so I'm just going to say them <laughs> at random points. Please do. This is a random podcast. But I'll say this. Like, I um, I hope most people take photos. I think more people should take photos. Um, and every, like, every art I've ever explored, like, I was a poetry major. I do improv theater with you. Um, and they put, for me, they put me in a frame of mind where, like, when I walk around the world, I just see it in a different way. So, like, in poetry, I kept, like, an image journal. And I would do, like, Ooh. I remember driving by and seeing, like, a woman changing the chain on her bicycle. The bicycle is upside down. And I was like, oh, it looks like she's playing the harp. And it's like, Ooh. I never would have, like, made that connection if I weren't, like, intentionally collecting these, like, images that I might or might not use in poems, you know, someday. And so uh, photography uh, just puts me in this frame of mind of, like, like, our brains and our eyes are amazing and, like, what they do selectively. Like, if you've ever tried to take a picture of the moon and, like, you remember <laughs> in person, it was, like, amazing. It yeah. was, like, the size of your head, like, above the horizon. And then you get your picture and it's this, like, tiny little white dot. Yeah. Um, or, like, when I drove here, there's this gorgeous view of Mount Rainier as you drive along the interstate south. And it looks huge on the horizon, but it's not that big. It's just your eyes and your brain are, like, super great at, like, focusing that down. So... You kind of have to, like, undo that and figure out, like, what are all those things my brain's doing to make things, like, seem amazing um, or seem interesting? Um, and how do I recreate that with the camera? Um, and that process means, like, I actually, like, I start appreciating things I wouldn't normally. Both, like, the way our brains work, the way we selectively see things, and also, like, just, you know, you notice light. Like, oh, there's, like, light hitting Rainier from the west today or... Nope, it's a big white sky. But hey, that like means everything's kind of blanketed in the soft light. Yeah. Um, and so I love, it's like, I think the secrets of the universe are like hidden under all these different rocks. And it doesn't matter like what you pursue. As long as you're open to it, you're going to like find things. Um, and for me, photography is one of those things. For Horatio there, getting petted. But I was trying to make him stop whining. I'm so sorry. You're speaking so beautiful. Let me just beat him up for like one minute. I'm not actively beating him up. I'm just trying to get his crazies out. Right. That's a... I'm fascinated by that noise. It's kind of like a... Kind of like a sixth grader trying to play the trombone. <laughs> Um, I call it his junkyard dog noise, because he also does this when he's playing his and it sounds like super vicious, but it's just, it's just him just vocalizing. Yeah. Okay. Can you, honey? I want to know how, like, dogs see the world. Ugh. Right? Yes. I want to know... I put this, so I got, <laughs> speaking of photography, I got this GoPro and Jane Boston, our little uh, Boston Terrier. It Jane was huge. Boston. I put it on her collar mm -hmm. and like, I let her chase the ball around just because like, I wanted to see what the world looks like from her view, Yeah. which she didn't love it because she's a tiny dog. She's so little. And the camera was like as big as she was. Um, <laughs> but she's hyper enough. She put up with it for a while. And apparently the world looks very frantic from her point of view. So. Well, it's also probably like wiggling back and yes. forth and stuff, which her head is more. Well, no, her head wiggles back <laughs> and forth too. Does it? She's got those giant Boston Terrier eyes. Oh, I love her. All right. Horatio's lost his studio privileges. Oh, sorry, Horatio. Sorry, honey.
Gotta take off. Okay, so before Horatio interrupted us, you were speaking very beautifully <laughs> about how photography's uh, finding beauty, how we discern yeah. that beauty. Yeah, it's... Um... I'll tell another thing I think most of us have had if you're like hiking or walking around the city or wherever, like you like you're going to like a dark forest or a maybe like shady part, and you go around a corner or a bend and like the light opens up and it shines on like the hills. You're like, this is gorgeous, and you take a picture and you get home and it's like, mm, it's just kind of a picture of a tree or a mountain or but it's not that exciting. So, um because it's like, ah, like we like we make stories with our minds when we see things and we like we just had the experience of going through the dark part and now mm -hmm. we see the light. So if like with photography, I have to stop and like say like, well, not just what do I see, but like what led me here? Right. Can I like step back and get like some of the dark forest and some of that light and kind of get it all in one photograph? And like, can I tell that whole story um, and can I, like, have the viewer's eyes, like, move through the scene so it goes from, like, the dark trees to the light? And just, like, that process and taking that time, um, I just, like, I'm usually, like, grinning the whole time I'm doing it. I just, um, I just love having to break it down that way. That is beautiful. We have very different processes for <laughs> for making, for taking a photograph. I have, um, I've since strayed. I, I didn't get into it nearly as deeply or as thoughtfully as you have. Um, I studied a little bit and, um, yeah, finding that. And I find that when I, when Patrick takes pictures and stuff, I'm like, I'll take your time, especially if it's like mm -hmm. for something that I have. Well, I'm also a control freak. Um, <laughs> but when you take a picture, especially if it's just with, even with it, with your phone, you can capture really nice things, mm -hmm. but you have to thoughtfully think just just take a minute exactly find what is it about this picture that is awing you are you amazed by like where it's placed in your in the setting like capturing Rainier with your phone one is impossible absolutely <laughs> impossible because yep. it's like you're taking a picture of the moon it's it looks like it's a million miles away and nothing too spectacular but some photographers manage to capture it in such a way Good God, it looks huge, and it's purple and pink and gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, but most of those photographers are, like, waking up at, like, 3 a.m. and yeah. driving down there for the sun to come up. So you get that golden hour, and they're, like, waiting out into, like, a, you know, a, you said the word brackish, and I just want to use it over and over <laughs> now, into a brackish <laughs> pond. And, like, getting their filter right so the reflection of the mountains, like, on the water. Like, they spend so much effort. And, you know, and, like, maybe they get down there and it's raining and they don't get anything. Ugh, so. Yeah. And that's another thing that's uh, exciting about photography. Because I find that people feel awkward about taking pictures sometimes. You know, like, they don't want to intrude or, like, taking selfies is weird. Maybe it's because I worked at Disney for so long. I'm like, every moment is a perfect time for a picture. Mm -hmm. Um. And because how many parties that were like gatherings with loved ones have you made left and like, oh, we forgot to take pictures of the turkey or like a pie even or whatever thing yep. or grandma or what have you. <laughs> um, so I you mentioned that earlier that taking more people should take pictures and I hardly endorse it. I just like when there's those Facebook challenges, like a photo a day, it's like mm -hmm. the best week on you know, like the best Facebook week of all. Especially with everything else on Facebook. I yeah. just love to see like a leaf that somebody saw that morning that they thought was beautiful. Like 
Um, yeah, I love that stuff. So it's um, oh poopy. What was I gonna say? Um, oh the the amount of time you spend with your photography, <laughs> I find amazing because Tony works full time job. Mm-hmm. He also is an improviser actor. So you're a busy guy who also likes to, you know, have friends and work out and work-life balance. <laughs> That's and, nice but, of you to say I but, like to work out. <laughs> but will you hike and things? You're on yes. the improv, gym prof page, right? Yeah, you're right. I am on, <laughs> I'm on a gym Facebook page. So uh, go fitness. <laughs> it took me a year of being on that page, but I finally joined the Y. Yeah. <laughs> But to to spend the amount of time, uh, forget the amount of money <laughs> spent on the equipment, but the amount of time that you've taken to really beautify this craft of yours, I think is also very commendable. Because um, speaking as someone who likes to do stuff all the time <laughs> with a finite amount of yes. time and resources, like it's it can be really challenging. So good for you. I, do you like... I'm always curious about improvisers. Improvisers tend to be curious people, and they tend to be like nice, generous people who are fun to be around. In my experience, agreed. There's, you know, there's a couple of jerks out there, but well, for the yeah. most part, <laughs> the most part, it attracts nice people. Um, do you? Did you like have a lot of hobbies growing up, or were you interested in a lot of different things, or did you like really specialize? Um, I. I was I, I grew up in a green room. My mom was a costume designer mm-hmm. and was involved with theater. So like my whole life was spent theatrically focused. Um, but that also meant singing, dancing, acting, set design, costume design, building, and things like that. Um, but also I really loved painting. I think I think my dad was trying to make me into a um, uh, like a sense and sensibility, a Jane Austen. Like well read, can play the piano, knows all of her art, mm-hmm. knows the theater, and like I feel, and this is not me being mad at my dad for this. Maybe he just knew how much of a, a, a bougie dork I am that I <laughs> wanted to go to like every museum. So like I guess so to answer your question, yes, I had mm-hmm. many interests. You're a well-rounded, proper lady. <laughs> I'm a well-rounded, proper lady with a fine dowry. Yes. <laughs> Um, I, cause I grew up like with that curiosity, I was like definitely jack of all trades, master of none for a long time. Oh hell, that's me for all of them so far. You're pretty singing. I think you could, for instance, we'd say like "Ah, a little bit more than a jack of that trade. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you. (laughs) I eventually had to like focus on a few and even that's changed like improv, photography, poetry. I kind of, uh, I walked away from, um, just cause it was like one too many things. Sure. Um, and I wasn't good at sitting in a room by myself writing oh. poems. It was great in college when I had a lot of friends. Yeah. Um, but photography gets me out um, and about. And so, uh, but it's been nice to specialize in something a bit. I mean, I still, there's so many more roads I would have to go down to actually be a professional, like landscape photographer or anything like that. But But uh, you do it out of your love, yes? And your yes. curiosity and... What visually makes your eyeballs happy and makes your brain happy, I'm yeah. assuming. Yes. And it just gets me out in the world in a way that makes me happy. So, yeah. Um. <laughs> I uh, 
Ah, oh, man, I was going to wait to talk about this, but I really want to talk about Tony out in the world with his camera. Just real <laughs> briefly, um, we had an Unexpected Productions company picnic, mm-hmm. and it was lovely. It was absolutely a great day. And Tony takes a lot of pictures of the company, which is awesome for all of us, because uh, we, we benefit from your generosity and your wonderful eye. Uh, but tell me about that lens that you had for that picnic <laughs> in a public place. <laughs> I don't even remember which one. I don't. I don't think it's actually the largest lens I've rented. Are you it was, kidding me? <laughs> it was close to it. It was huge. Listeners, put your arm out, okay, from your shoulder, yeah. straight in front of you. Imagine maybe to your, like halfway down your, what's this part of your bone? Arm, but your I know your forearm past your past your elbow another four inches and that maybe that maybe I'm overstating no, how think, big it is I think it that would be pretty I think it's further I think it goes out to about your wrist <laughs> about your wrist yeah it is the most enormous um who are the people from TMZ um hey you famous person here's your, I need paparazzi. To it. paparazzi good job right. it, anyway it's like paparazzi but like low-key paparazzi right <laughs> anyway so why was it so huge um so i'm we're lucky to live in seattle where we have glazers a pretty good camera rental place um and so they rent these giant lenses Ooh, i'm gonna write that down glazers yeah as in to glaze a donut yeah like that Great. If you're going to buy a camera, I say go to Kenmore and cheaper. But if you're going to rent equipment, Glazers is awesome. Um, uh, and they have all these like, like that's a lens that's made for either wildlife photography or sports photography. Wildlife, because you can get up close, but yeah, be far away. It can. Um, so I'm going to, I thought of a metaphor to talk about cameras because they can be Yay. very technical. So can we take some time for this? Of course we can. All right. If you take your camera or your phone even and you turn it so the lens is facing up, imagine that's like a bucket with little baby birds in the bottom. Aww. Um, On board so far. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and these are thirsty birds. Okay. And now imagine light is like rain dropping down into the bucket. Okay. So we need to collect the light and we need to register it. So we're going to pour some water into the bucket. And afterwards, we're going to ask the birds like, um, hey, like which of you got water and how much did you get? And so you've got to let in a certain amount of water or they're not going to get enough. And all of them are going to be mad and be like, "Mm, no water. And you're Mm -hmm. going to get a black photo. Um, you can't let in too much water or you're just like going to gush them and they're all going to like swear at you and you get a a totally white photo overexposed. Um, so we're leaving out the lens for the most part. Um, but important part is, um, you kind of have to control the amount of light coming in. And there's like three ways to do this. Um, one is like what film used to do. I call it ISO. And it's like, you make your birds thirstier or less thirsty, or maybe like they sip like, High ISO would be like back if you remember film when you got like 800 or 1600. Mm -hmm. Like these are like really piggy birds who like gulp in water the minute it shows up. Yeah. So that would be like it's really dark and like. Nighttime photography. Yeah. Okay. Or you can do like 100, which is like a really picky bird, like little birdies who like only take sip their little water a little bit at a time. So they need a lot of water or light to come in. So that's method one the film um, or in a digital camera you can just set your ISO um, and even like an iPhone if you download like a pro photo app you can set that oh um, and the other two are kind of ways of I mean obviously you can just find a place with more light or less light um, but imagine at the top of your bucket you can kind of like constrict this ring 
um, and make it so it's like a pinhole or you can open it up all the way. Um, and that's kind of one of your ways of letting in a lot of um, a lot of water for your little birdies. <laughs> um, that's your aperture. Um, and so that giant lens. Is that your uh, f-stop? Um, yes, that's the f-stop. Um, it's like it's confusing because it's like one over the number. So like 22 is really tiny and 2.8 is pretty big. So yeah. it um, it's got all these numbers and things that seem like math that make photography seem harder than it is once you get these like yeah these three ways of letting light in. Because the third is how long do you rain on the birds? <laughs> And that's your shutter speed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just taking that to be like a philosophical right. statement. How long do you how let long, it rain on your birds before you... How long you... do you rain on your birds? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's your shutter speed. So your shutter speed. Literally how long you just like hold things open. You know, that's like anywhere from one sixtieth of a second. You can do long exposures for a few seconds. You can do really fast, like... One two thousandths would be like a flying bird you're taking a photo of. And now I've mixed bird metaphors. Oh, God. No, now the birds are out? Um, no, these little birds are still in there. They're little baby yeah. birds, little chicks, yeah. little babies. It's Horatio, and he's really uh, hyper, so you got to use a fast shutter speed. You do. So you don't get a lot of blur. Um, so those are like your three ways are your ISO, how thirsty your birds are, your aperture, how big your opening of your bucket is, and shutter speed, how much like rain, how long you let the rain get in okay so that going back to that giant lens that giant lens and that's like if you go to a baseball game you see the photographers with their like cameras uh -huh. those giant lenses it was one of those um it was 600 millimeter which means it zooms quite a bit but you can get a point and shoot that zoom 600 millimeter mm -hmm. um but because that professional level camera has like a big sensor and there's these rules like the aperture the bucket size has to be like it's like a fraction of Compared to the sensor, it's got to be really big. And to do 600 millimeter like that, it has to extend out from the camera really far. So all that is to say that giant lens basically just lets you let in a lot of light and open up to a large aperture. Like mm -hmm. open that bucket full way and still get in mostly in focus picture. Yeah, because those were crisp. Those yeah. were really crisp and beautiful. They were crisp, but they were also really blurry in the background. Yes, that's why Tim Tracy looked like he was wearing a nightgown. Yes, <laughs> yes. And if you use like portrait mode on your like iPhone or your Android has something like that too, it's basically faking that. It's like blurring out the background. Mm -hmm. Putting something um, in focus. Which makes it look like a professional photograph to us because pro photographers are using like large apertures often. Oh. So. Because, yeah, there's, it's called, I think, lens blur is what it's called on an app, uh, on yeah. my Google Pixel anyway. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I must admit, I've, uh, I'm not an Apple gal. Um, I don't like it telling me what to do. Um, but gosh, Apple does, uh, uh com ugh, not computers. Well, they do computers. You know what I'm saying? Phones. Their yes. phones and their, their cameras on their phones is, are really good. Yeah, they're really well designed. Do you know, have you heard of, like the design principle behind the um oh is good grips like have you used good grips kitchen equipment oh uh, yeah i have and it's got those like big handles that are kind of soft and comfortable mm -hmm. to hold um and they were like this from a design point of view back in the day like engineers would be like let's make this product work for as many people as possible and you would get kind of this like like the windows 
I love you, Microsoft. Um, <laughs> but like what Windows used to be uh-huh. and the way you used to design or like Office was like, let's make it work for everybody. So you've got a billion toolbars and there's mm. something for everybody. But the OXO, like I think the can opener was the first. And I think the inventor made it for like his um, wife who had arthritic hands. Mm-hmm. And it brought about this design principle of like, actually, if you make it for like one person, and you make it really nice, you often end up with a nicer product than the thing that is like tries to be everything to everybody. And oh. I think Apple Apple does that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you happen to fit in that category of people who like match what they want, mm-hmm. which is a lot of people want the same things with a phone, um, you're happy. And if you're the outlier who wants it to do one thing different, it's going to drive you like up the wall. <laughs> I guess that would be me. Yes. Uh, I mean, oodles. Or if you oodles, just want to pay thousands of dollars right come on my friend asan i i just uh recorded with him previously he he works for apple um so i'll send you all of his i'll send you his information (laughs) so no i'm kidding um yeah so we talked we talked at length about but he's a he's an astrophysicist who works there (laughs) gosh i love knowing smart people because you're very smart because what do you do for are you allowed to say that you work? Yeah, I work. Microsoft? I work for Microsoft. Okay, <laughs> I can tell you. I did when you use Word uh, and the status bar, it tells you how many words are in your Word document. <gasps> I did that. No. Yeah, that was me. What? Yeah. Tony Beeman. <laughs> and um, that's with, amazing. Outlook. When you get a new mail and like the little like thing slides up, I did that. I'm not responsible for the rest of Outlook, but I did that part. <laughs> When did you, because the only time I've, I, I remember using the, how many words do you have or verse or ha, have used or have left or whatever, that was in college. So you probably weren't there yet. This was like 2000, 2005-ish. Uh, I can't remember when it actually came out. It, I joined in 1998. Um, the first thing I did was- Were help- you a baby? Uh-huh. Maybe I also don't understand how time or age works also. <laughs> Well, I did just graduate college in 98, so. Okay, so yeah. Yeah. Um, so I came, so you were I literally came right out and I got rid of Clippy. That was one of the, no. my, my team did. Your team? Yeah. Your team. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen and everyone, my mind is blown because I found Clippy's murderer. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We all wanted him to Clippy's go. Clippy's kind of still there. No. What? In, How? In Japan, they have a, it's not Clippy, it's the office lady. And it's kind of this like. Slightly submissive secretary mm-hmm. who, like, helps you. And, like, uh, people here hated Clippy, but people there love, like, that. The just couldn't get lady. enough of Clippy? So for a long time, I don't know if she's still there. We had to keep that code around just to, <laughs> like, <laughs> to keep her in the product. So Interesting. It's not actually, I'm making fun of it. It's not, like, <laughs> it's not awful. And if you search for, like, Office Lady Japan, I'm sure, like, or Clippy. Tread carefully. Put a bunch right. of the, Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Put Save Search John first. <laughs> and then search for it. <laughs> okay. Like, I do headshots for friends. I'm not, mm-hmm. like, there's other, you know, headshot photographers in town who do it for a living um, that I always send people to if they're, you know, if I think they're willing to pay somebody who makes their living on it. Um but I'll do them. And there's, it's, for me, it's very tricky of like, some people want like some amount of work done. And you generally do need to do some amount of work just because of weird things. Like if you have a tooth implant, you can't see it in real life, but the camera picks up light differently and it'll be very Oh, obvious. sure. And the light would hit the 
yeah. material differently than your So some tooth. things I like generally what I want to do is like make the person look like I think they really look in real yeah. life. Um, but you get in a tricky like, you know, things like, oh, they have hair frizz or they have a nose hair. Um, get that nose hair out of there. Get it out. I'm going to doctor it out. <laughs> um, but you can go too far down that. And it's like, you know, generally I always lean toward leaving people as they are because mm-hmm. I think people should generally, I think people look fine and they like, look great. Plenty of people are convinced they don't look fine, but um, I'm here to tell you, y'all look great. Yeah. You look great. Um, but sometimes people are upset if you don't fix something. And more often I would think people would be upset if you do fix something. And I often, like, I, I like people, like, in general. I'm a people watcher. I like even people who are, like, I've, I've risked being in abusive relationships before just because I, like, I tend to see people, like, <laughs> I see where they're coming from. Oh, um, bless your heart. But Yeah, but don't do that to yourself. Um, <laughs> But like, but sometimes what I like about somebody I had to learn is not what they like about themselves. So I'd be like, I love this thing about them. Why would they hide it? And like, oh. I'll tell a story about somebody because I think it makes them, it's a flattering story because they were like, you know, they made a mistake, but it was endearing in my mind. And then yeah. I found out they're like, you know, terribly insecure about that. Oh. So th- that happens in, I think, in photographs all the oh, time. Oh, for sure. Our wedding photographer asked me, do you have a side? I'm like I don't know what you mean. Mm-hmm. A good I'm like I have no idea. Um, a good trick is most people side is where they part their hair. So I okay. would so, I would get yeah I would I would because you you have a bit of a part on your on my left yes. side yeah it's on the left side. So if I were starting out, I'd be more likely to have you look to your right so that your part was kind of facing me. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good because of the hair angle then, because if you looked at me the other way, I guess the hair would be a little bit yeah. different. So that's just a framing thing it, or is it, it a subconscious like... It tells me how you see yourself a little bit. Um, Interesting. Here's a, here's a cool experiment you can do with people. Okay. Um, take a photo of them uh-huh. and then reverse one of them. Uh, like take two photos of them and re- flip one of them, mirror it and have them pick their favorite photo uh-huh. and then have their friends pick their favorite photo and most people will choose the mirrored version of themselves, and most of their friends will pick the like actual version uh, that's not been flipped, because we're used to seeing ourselves in the mirror. Um, oh, like birds! And like that. Here's the nice thing about that. I uh-huh. realized is like every time you look at a photo of yourself, you know, like it doesn't look right. I don't like it. Your friends are probably like, I love it. They look like them, and it's just because you're not used to seeing, seeing yourself, yourself flipped. Uh, a lot of folks are having a hard time or feel insecure about being on the podcast because they're like, I hate the way I sound. I hate the way I sound. And I'm also here to tell you, you all sound great. Um, in college, I had to listen to myself mm-hmm. hours at a time because that's the only way I was really going to learn um, what's coming out of your face. What you, what I hear coming out of me right now is not at all what I'm going to hear later when I edit. And so, like, I've I've made my peace with how that sounds. I, when I listen to myself, <laughs> I sound like, to me, it sounds like Jim Henson, like, had a little too much to drink and got kind of lazy. Oh! Um, and I had to, like, performing on stage, I had to get over that a little bit. Yeah, you just, so. yeah, so I can see how people, how they look. They, they're used to seeing themselves in a certain way and used to taking pictures of themselves mm-hmm. in a certain way. Like we all know our, we all know what we do. I'm trying to think of how I take selfies, but I'm right-handed. So I'm wondering, because I'm again yeah. thinking about like, which is my quote unquote good side. 
Um, is that, most people like like photos of themselves where they're turtled, which means their forehead's out toward the camera, which gives you like, like sure with a thinner neck, the yeah. lo- the the fewer chins. Yeah. Um, and in general, I think like that's correct. I think like that's actually how we tend to see each other. Like mm-hmm. usually lighting, like flash photos are awful. <laughs> Um, yes, they're terrible. But nobody like has a beam of light shooting out of their eyes unless they're Superman. So mm-hmm. like nobody sees you that way. Uh, most people see you with you know, generally flattering light coming, especially here in Seattle, where these nice cloudy skies. Really does make for people being uh, glowy, yeah. like a like soft glow. And if most people see you the way you look in a bad photo, they don't think, what's wrong with that person? <laughs> they think, oh, the lighting's weird in here. Right? Yeah. Like, so... As a very pale person, flash photos, I am nothing but a smooth egg. Mm-hmm. With maybe, if I'm wearing makeup, I'll have mouth, a mouth and eyes, but otherwise, yeah. gone. The cascading effect of how we affect each other is sort of the the heart of where I am as a person on this earth at the moment. Um, you know, because a friend posted something that uh, she had a disappointing experience in trying to be kind to somebody. Mm-hmm. And the person said, no, thank you to her kindness. And like, that's, that's, it had a cascading effect on her. You know, she felt bad mm-hmm. for offering. And then that guy probably felt bad for declining or being put in that position to say yes or no. Um, it was just to buy a coffee for somebody, you know, like pay it mm-hmm. forward to pay the coffee behind you. Um, oh, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. So a friend of ours made a beautiful gesture to do like the whole like, and let me get the tab behind me, you know, like we've read about so many times. Here's something I, I learned for like making the world a better place. What's that? I read um, there's an effect of like, let's say I like spill coffee on your blouse mm-hmm. and I offer to um, um, like, let me like make, let me make amends. Let me like take that and get it dry cleaned or give you some yeah. money. So, uh, and if you say no, um, if I'm not aware of this, I will tend to be a little bit angry at you. Um, it's like having, having that, like I have an internal need to like fix a problem I caused sure. and I'm not allowed to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think often we tell people like, no, don't worry about it. Um, as a kindness, as a kindness, please don't worry about it. But it can be for, you know, obviously we don't take advantage of people, but like it can be actually kinder to let the person do the thing to like, um, to make a little bit of amends. Because it makes them feel good about themselves, and sure. like, and that they're they're correcting this mistake they made. And I think the same thing if someone offers you like a little minor token, um, maybe just take it. Yep, I mean, it, but it also here here I am going to play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had that situation happen to me. It's happened to some friends of mine. Made their day. One friend burst into tears because she's a mama who works hard. And is kind of like, like getting Starbucks was a huge treat for her and having somebody buy that for her was enormous Yeah, um, because it was like, it was, it was a huge thing. Um, and someone bought me a meal <laughs> once and it was like, but it was a full meal. And this was just like a, a lady and her kids. And uh, again, very generous. And um, I was going through some stuff and looked really sad, I'm sure. <laughs> and it was very, very generous. But I also felt like this weight of, oh, my God, now I owe you something. Ah, uh, the golden birdcage. And now I owe, like, now I have to pay this forward. Now I have to have this, this thing is on me. Even though I'm sure she would say, don't worry about it. Yeah. This nice lady who saw a sad girl in a, 
<laughs> in, in Florida, eating by herself, having some sort of problem. Don't worry, everything's fine. Um, and so, so whenever um, our friend posted about the guy saying no thank you to the free tab, that's what I thought of. Mm -hmm. So on one hand, yes, if you can accept someone's kindness, absolutely. Um, but it's also okay if they say no. That's not to... To, to crap on your your generosity and don't let it discourage you from being generous in other ways to other people. Um, but yeah, that I mean, that can feel very disappointing. Yeah, I guess, well, so obviously the flip side is don't be the person yeah. who gets angry when your like kind gesture gets turned down. Cause... Well, I guess, I mean, in general, um, you know, so often we find ourselves in situations where someone's rude or thoughtless and we, or, or we take it so personally, like it was a, and it's, it never, oh my God, is it never, it never is. Guys, we're all just worried about ourselves. And <laughs> so, but if you see somebody like, I saw somebody hand a wipey wipe, you know, for, um, at Fred Meyer for the grocery store for the handle. Mm -hmm. And then I handed one. And then we all started just, we're all being like <laughs> polite. And like at the gym, like I hand, when we use chairs, cause I go to old, the old grandma classes sometimes I like stand there and I hand down the chairs and like, and then somebody else hands it off to other people and so yep. like small acts of of anything of kindness of generosity has a really richly rippling effect that if we let it move us to kindness let it move us to patience and curiosity mm -hmm. um it was sorry i talk about this i think every episode probably it's just i believe that we can all be nice together i believe yeah. it i, like, I know I that like we can the, i like the using their kind also Kind, think, yeah. Because, like, kind, when we talk about people, I'm like, kind is just genuinely, like, trying to be good and nice sometimes. Being from the South is, like, appearing to be kind. Oh, yeah. Nice yeah. can be bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people sometimes, it's hard for me to, when people are like, I thought you were nice. I'm like, no, I still have opinions. I still <laughs> have a lot of, I struggle with all of the things that I'm talking about and yeah. and staying nice and staying positive. Um, but yeah, anyway, that was a long tangent. Life pro tip. <laughs> What's that? If you want to buy coffee for people, you just give like them too much money for the next drink. Like uh -huh. just like be a 20 and just be like, will you apply this to the next people's bills? And then you get out of there and then boom, boom. It either, either the person takes it or it goes to the next person. Yep. And so, or my recommendation is tip your service member mm -hmm. tip your the person who is serving you um yeah is also is also a nice way we just one one day a customer or a guest gave us one of us a huge tip we pull tips at the chocolate shop <laughs> mm -hmm. thank goodness i was like wow that was very kind and generous for anyway any hoozle so everyone kindness yes <laughs> Um, you know who is okay not being kind are kids. Um, <sighs> they're truth tellers. I love truth telling yeah. kids. I should say they're they're okay not being nice, and they're often are kind just by like most of us are kind of born in a more kind place. Not every mm -hmm. kid. <laughs> but, oh yeah. Um, and so we were talking about big lenses, and my favorite is having uh <laughs> the big lens at the zoo. Okay. Um, because zoos are like this like breeding place for family disasters mm -hmm. um in general but it is you're very conspicuous and you have a big lens um, i cannot overstate how enormous this yeah. lens is and if you're like out in the streets <laughs> people like about you know some amount of people are just gonna like assume you're a weirdo 
like women like clutch their like buttons at the top of their shirts closer. I don't blame them. <laughs> to which I'm always like, I'm like five feet from you. I could like I get a picture of like your nose right now. I'm not taking your picture. I promise. Just say but, the second part of I'm not taking your picture. I right. promise. <laughs> you don't have to. If I was gonna perv on you, right. I would have perved on you. That's not what we want to hear. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Good advice. So. uh but at the zoo, everyone's like, of course, you you got this like thing to take pictures of the animals. We're all here to see the animals. Yeah. Um, and people get really excited about it. Sure. Um, and adults tend to like, I don't know why when we turn adults, we have like these like, like this, don't say like the same three things. Um, mm-hmm. um, some of them is just like, can you see my house? <laughs> or I bet you can get really good pictures of the moon with that. Uh-huh. Um which are nice. Uh, a third, which is less nice, I think, is comparing my camera to your husband's camera. Oh. Um, oh. Which is weird. Oh. <laughs> that happens a surprising lot. Like, surprisingly look, a lot? Look at his lens. <laughs> Looks more than my person's literally been like, look at his lens, honey. It's a lot bigger than yours. <laughs> I'm like, I... <laughs> is it said... Was it, is it, like, innocent? Or is it definitely pointed? Is I've, it just I've heard, Freudian? I've heard Freudian? the pointed kind and the like, I'm knowingly like teasing uh-huh. you uh-huh. Um, over this. But it's <laughs> no matter. It's never comfortable for me. Because I'm like, I'm some weird third wheel and you're like. Please, either, let's not talk about penises right either now. Either inside joke or. <laughs> but kids, uh, kids like have a different. It's always like, can you get a picture of a zebra's butt? <laughs> or like, can you shoot lasers with that? Like every kid has a different thing to say. Yeah. Um, cause they don't like rule out all the, like, I think adults think those things too. Um, but then they're like, that would be a stupid thing to say. I better say like the, normally the safe thing or maybe the inappropriate thing, but it's the same inappropriate thing. Come up with a new inappropriate thing. New to say inappropriate to me. thing. Uh, uh, it- have enough baby birds in there? No, I don't know. But if you're um, at the zoo, either you got forced to go there by your family or you're genuinely there probably to like be curious and see new things. Mm-hmm. And so like I love people when they're in that space. And do you prefer, because you take beautiful still live lives, lives, still lives, still lives, landscapes, <laughs> still life. When you say still life, I think of like a bowl of fruit. Me too. And maybe a bottle of wine. But then I got caught on the grammar on it, and now I want to know which one it is. Mm. If I painted many, many pictures of bowls of fruit, those are my still life paintings. I think still life? I think it's lives? it's just one life, right? So per maybe. Li- per... Anyway, <laughs> so landscape. <laughs> uh, so uh, landscape, do you like to... I, when I was studying photography, I li- really taking pictures of people. Because I think people are the best. I love taking pictures of people. Um, but I'm very... Like, street photography I love. But um, generally, I want people's permission. Like, I got a great photo mm-hmm. of um, a guy playing guitar by the Jimi Hendrix statue nice. last night. I was just hanging out, waiting to meet some friends. And But it's important to me to, like, go up and, like, talk to him. And he was, like, running out of batteries. So I actually went and got him some batteries. And so, Aww, like... that's nice. Um, but at least talk and I asked his permission before I, I took his photo. Um, so I love street photography and like legally you can take street photos of whoever, as long as you're not like actively Damn straight you can. harassing somebody. Ethically, I think you have to figure out what that means. So like, I'm never going to take a homeless person's photo unless I've like, Mm-mm. like there's Philip in the market. 
Um, I'm going to tell you a nice story about Philip because um, you wouldn't. It, he doesn't seem nice at first. If I'll tell the story now. Yeah. Philip, if you've ever been to Pike Place Market and you've seen a guy, can I can I say a swear word? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, he's got the sign that says, "I need a fat bitch." I've wanted to speak to him. Right. Actually, so I'm really excited to have this conversation. Right. Um, his name's Philip, I think. Um, okay. Or Papa Smurf. He's told me different things. He knows me because I'm around the market. He calls me Johnny Cash because I have sideburns sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, I because I talk to him enough, it's like, mm, I can't really have that conversation because he's so like he's somewhere down on the privileged chain. Um, yet here he is like, I like, yeah, with a pretty obnoxious sign um, that works for him. It gets him money. And I'm not sure from who. Um, yeah. But um, but one day I was standing down there and this other guy, who again I assume is homeless but don't know, um, was like kind of aggressively talking to this woman. And Philip stood up and he's like, hey, you can't you can't talk to women like that. And he like dressed the guy down and like gave him this whole like lecture on not harassing people. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but, like the Nita, the Nita fat bitch guy is like <laughs> tackling street harassment like... Um, how interesting and he was like and it was this genuine moment of him like being outraged and me like there is like a standard of like conduct here if we're gonna do this listen um, on the corner of pike and first we have a way of doing things yeah and it is so i'm not gonna tell you you need to support that guy's sign at all i was just like it was an interesting like huh like that's actually great yeah because you know what i've i've actually wanted to speak with him about the sign being a heavy female, I could be the fat bitch he's looking for. Right. So I, I've wanted to, but out of not knowing how conversations sometimes head, yeah. um, didn't want to open that door necessarily because yeah, uh, things don't turn out great sometimes. A right. lot of the times when you engage in with uh, certain inflammatory things. So, yeah. so I'm wondering, like, if I said, "Hey, his name's Philip." Hey, yeah. Philip. Come on home, buddy. You got one. Like, <laughs> wh- is that what he's looking for? I, I here's my guess. Uh-huh. I can't speak for Philip. <laughs> no, is not at all. I think he's got a sign that I, I've seen him have different signs, and I think he like. I always think everybody we think of people as irrational, but most people are actually irrational. They may have limited information or limited mm-hmm. experience, and I think he probably chooses signs that get attention, and. That one gets attention. It's clickbait. Yeah. He is a street version yeah. of clickbait. Not he is, but his sign is the street version of That's clickbait. That's my guess. With Philip, I just, I spent so much time down there, I had to decide what I was going to do about the homeless population because hmm. um, I'm not used to give money to everybody. And I eventually decided, like, I'm going to, like, just, you know, really drop, the, like, seeing them as homeless, talk to them. Um, I don't carry cash, and I'm just honest about that. Mm-hmm. I buy him coffee when I have time. Or if I'm going into Starbucks, I'll, like, ask if he wants anything. Um, but I try to, like, because it is interesting to, like, have a conversation with somebody who's in that place in life. And because of that, like, I would, with his permission, I'd be, I'd, you know, certainly be comfortable taking his photo. But even then, I would want to make sure. And that that the Feminism 1.0 photography teacher I told you about, mm-hmm. he actually, he's the one who, because he does street photography, he made this point of, like, you're out in public you're certainly welcome to take photos in public. Most people are choosing to be out in public as well. 
um, and they've chosen what to wear, they've chosen to be out and be seen, you know, they may be on their way to a job, but for the most part, they have a choice, but your homeless population doesn't, right? Like, that's their home, so they don't necessarily have somewhere to go, like, that's private. So, um, Mm. so from that, like, context, legal or not, I think it's, I do think it's unethical to take, um, you know, if if someone's in the background, so be it, but I'm not going to, like, go make them a center of a no versus you know a bunch of tourists looking at fish in pike place market great great they're already we're already in everyone's photos when you're in pike place you're in i can't tell you how many family photos i'm in from just like being in the background and walking down the gum wall and this doesn't even count theme park i had this idea to like (laughs) always wear a hat when i go to the theater and then put a and like a weird hat that you might search for or something or yeah. like an no, eye I know patch. Where, I know where you're going. And then I create a page about a ghost in the market <sighs> who has like an eye patch and a hat. Totally. And just like, and like have some fuzzy photos of me wearing that hat and eye patch so that someday someone's like, that's weird. Like, let me search. Like, is that a ghost in the photo? <laughs> How do we do this? How do we do this? Because I want, how fun would that be? And creepy and spooky. Right. Uh. Which reminded me briefly of the Blair Witch Project, which was ruined for me because I knew one of the guys in it. I'm like, I know Josh. He's fine. Damn it. (laughs) This is all fake. (laughs) Yeah. Because that was a pretty good gorilla one uh, for like, is this real or not? Back in the day. OG. Anyway. um, Yes. Taking taking the pictures of um, of people is is tricky. I'm with you there. Get permission most of my favorite street photographers are actually um they're women and they're often shorter women um mm. and a couple of them i heard talk about just like they are very unintimidating so they can get up in someone's face get a photo and generally people kind of us they don't just they they tend to just not be threatened by it mm-hmm. um versus like if i'm gonna go up and ask permission for from people to take their photo just as like a I normally have a beard, so I always say, like, as a, when a white-bearded dude comes up, it's like, hey, can I take your picture? <laughs> it has a... I promise not for anything weird. But occasionally, <laughs> I'm, like, out with my camera, and people just run up and want their picture taken. And I still don't understand this. And I'm like, do you want me to send it to you? They're like, no. They just, like, they want to have their... <laughs> I want to have a really good picture of me somewhere in the universe. Yeah, it's like I want to be, I want to be immortal. So I'm gonna like put myself in this person's picture box. Like... <laughs> Turns out they were also ghosts. <laughs> and I do. Or one time I was down taking photos of the fountain by the waterfront, and this guy ran up, and he was like a little crazy, but he had his family with him, who are all seemed less crazy, mm-hmm. and they weren't thrilled by him doing this. Oh, okay. He's like, "Hey, man, can you get a picture of me and my family?" And he had like, like. 10 people with him. I remember that picture. Yeah. It's a beautiful picture. And at first I'm like, I'm setting up this long exposure photo. And like, wait a minute. When do I have a chance to like get a photo of this like crazy family? And like this, like I'm, I'm denying curiosity and this great moment is happening. So I'm like, sure. So I got them up and like took a bunch of photos of them. And they were like, the family is like rolling their eyes at this guy who's making it happen. Um, but like, uh, it was just like so much fun getting them like to interact. And when I I sent them the photos and they were like, really, you know, just super excited to get them. And as I talked to him, he's like, I I think he's from maybe South America. I can't remember where. And not all his family lives in the States. And like, they, like they hadn't been together. And this guy, you know, could just tell like, he was just so excited to have his family there. Um, 
And so I was like, oh, it was really like nice to be part of that moment. Um, yeah. And so I had to, but I had to like stop. I, I get tunnel vision, right? And it's like, no, I need this technically accurate mm-hmm. time-lapse photo of this Ferris wheel. I'd be like, I'm, uh, I'm missing this like beautiful moment that's happening right here. So. Yeah. And that's, just think, that's on everybody's fridge now. Yeah. Or in everyone's Maybe. phone, on everyone's profile or whatever. Oh, <laughs> um, that's nice. The When Patrick proposed to me, a lady like jumped out of her seat, went, oh my God, and like started taking pictures of like him on one knee and like all that stuff um, as if we had hired her the wow. whole time. No, she was just having dinner with her parents and she just saw it happen and just like, hop to and and i really those pictures are i mean they captured perfectly because it's really mm-hmm. like genuine I love um it. yeah they were yeah. flashing though and yeah it was a ghost right. patrick proposed to a ghost who was wearing a really pretty dress right should have stopped me like hey can you take that in raw format so yeah. we can adjust the lighting later <laughs> yeah that was uh that was very sweet well that's very sweet of you um, would you like to talk about sad travels? Yes. You're, so so Tony has a number of, I think you only have two Instagram accounts, right? Um, yeah. Well, there's a few different sad projects. Yeah. Um, so um, I'll talk about sad prov in a minute. Um, but I have a rule for social media. This What's that? Is, this is where this came from, which is if I'm going to post about something like, and it's about like, it's kind of a feeling like I'm sad post in mm-hmm. general. Um, my audience on Facebook, like they should get something out of it. So like okay. I went through a divorce a few years ago and I tried, like if I was really having a hard time, I would tell kind of a funny story um, that really was saying like, like I, like this one Christmas, I forgot that clo- stores close on Christmas and it was, mm-hmm. a, it was the year I got divorced. I decided not to go home. I was like, I'll be fine. Oh no. And then I didn't buy any food uh-huh. and the grocery stores were closed. And so I ended up like looking at people with their families on Facebook and I only had a jar of mustard like in my refrigerator. So I was like eating this jar of CD no. mustard looking at people's no. photos. I'm going to cry until I die. Oh, no. And so like it was true. And oh, even while I was in it, I was like, it was very, it was very painful and funny to me at the same time. And so I was like, here's this, like, to me, this is a story of value because you're laughing. It's very funny, sad. Oh, it's one of my favorite monologues to give for a while. Um, It's really good. um, And so uh, and so like out of that, I started thinking about that, like and travel photos are like some people love travel photos. Mm -hmm. Some people feel like, oh, like people are like bragging. Like the hashtag blessed photos in front of a waterfall. Uh, Gotcha. so Janine, uh, my wife and I decided, I think we started, I can't remember if our trip to Paris, I think, like, let's just post photos of ourselves being miserable in places <laughs> so that no one's jealous. <laughs> and it was just kind of on a whim. We didn't expect it to be as popular as it's been. Um, but now... They're very funny. Um, and I try to, like, genuinely find the sadness in things. And it's it led me to this place to realize... Um, do you know Brené Brown? I don't. She has all these TED Talks on vulnerability. Okay. And, like, basically, she's amazing, um, speaking of nice things. But, like, one of her theories is um, basically 
if you want to be vulnerable and experience good things, you have to experience the bad things. You can't like selectively shut off emotion. Um, and we live in a culture where like we are very averse to the idea of being sadness. And I think uh, of like being sad mm -hmm. and people expressing that. And we confuse that with depression or anger or being upset because you're different versus like sad. It's like there are things to be sad about and sometimes they're nice at the same time. And it's nice to like connect to that. And when you're in a place where you're not upset, where you're like healthy yeah. enough to deal with it. Yeah. And so, and I find like funny moments are like, um, are often, Liz Bramer says in improv and it's true in general, uh, that like, um, so much comedy comes out of being more honest than you are most of the time in real life. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I quote that terribly, but, um, uh, uh, but that's true in that, like, like everything around us is going to like die one day. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's not persistent. Uh, in Japan, it's the concept of wabi-sabi. Yep, it's broken but still beautiful. Means no worries. Yeah. <laughs> Does it really? Wabi sabi? <laughs> so we did an international festival on wabi sabi, and that song was in my head the whole time. Oh. Um, Does it mean no worries? It actually, uh, it, it it to me it leads to that a little more. But what it is is this concept that like I should acknowledge the imperfections in things mm -hmm. right in front of me so that I love them more. So like. Um, in Western culture, you're like, oh, I have this iPhone and it's brand new. And the minute it gets scratched, it loses some value. Mm -hmm. But in the principle of Wabi Sabi, you would say like, um, this like moment in time will not be here forever. Or this like old teapot I have has a crack in it and that makes it unique. And one day this teapot will break. And so I'm going to love it more. Um, uh, and yeah. out of that to me comes a way to kind of live where you let go of the need for things to be perfect and you actually love them more like as they, as they mm -hmm. happen. Um, and so I think acknowledging like, and you know, travel is sad. We're over the top. I'm over the top with the sadness. Oh, well, Cause it's, I hadn't known you guys very well yet when I saw these sad right. travel pictures. I think you were in New York yeah. and I don't remember what ad you were in front of, but you're in front of something famous and uh, it's, I'm not going to be able to do it justice because you're also a beautiful writer. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, I just recommend it. And like, I try to ask these genuine questions I have, like, like Janine and I may like one of us is going to die one day and the other will have to like, <laughs> it was like one of us will look back <laughs> on this photo and remember that the other was alive and now they're not. <laughs> What's funny, it might surprise listeners, is that I think in a very similar way. Um, and that's why it's all the more important to to uh, to do what we can while we can. Yes. <laughs> and for who we can and to enrich what we can and love what we can and finding beauty yeah. in places, especially. Like literally last night, Patrick had put a cup on something. I'm like, baby, look how that cup goes with this cup. Look at them together. I've never seen them sit next to each I talked about it for like way too long. Uh -huh. But gosh, did they, they looked, I'll, I'll show you. Okay. They're, they belong together now. I realized this, my little bowl and my little pink cup. Right. Anyway. And if we're like looking, if we're thinking about tomorrow or worrying about this or that, then you like, we miss those moments of yep. like the two cups. 
So I started a new project, Sadprov. I kind of Sadprov. That's yes. Which is it's also an improv game, which I don't need to get into. Where I bring audience <laughs> up and I give them sad monologues about them their lives. <laughs> um, but it literally it's an Instagram account, Sadprov. Um, S A D P R O V, where I just I've been collecting photos of mostly improvisers and artists um, looking sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, like sad portraits, um, which I love. I don't know if other people like. I never know if other people are gonna love things or if it's just me. But I love it, so um, I will be posting one a day on that. Oh my, that is. Oh my God, Tony, that's a huge undertaking. Is that replacing your regular photo of the day? No, I'm gonna keep that as I. I take too many photos though. I have like, in terms of like landscapes, I have like like from or like the zoo i have like 2000 zoo photos i haven't yet gotten through so. but but i mean uh but still it that's tur- a lot it turns to... out performers like having their photo taken a lot so <sighs> it's not too hard to con- to have my camera and convince a performer to look sad for a minute oh no i'm th- not worried about your subjects um i just know on the flip side i have about five episodes i haven't mm-hmm. edited yet and i'm you just said 2000 and that gave me deep anxiety i'm like that's too many tony yeah. that's too many <laughs> but that's wabi sabi would say like maybe i'll never get through all those photos maybe you won't and that's okay and that's okay that's okay and i think that's what we're all working with yes yeah uh and maybe i won't, won't there won't be a photo every day maybe i'll forget or i'll get busy and yeah that's okay and that is also i'll lose some sweet followers <laughs> Well, at one point this summer, I was determined to get this baby launched in like August. I was determined. I was cramming and I was inter- I was recording people and doing all these things. We got all these travel plans. And I'm like, I am now no longer enjoying this. I'm really mm-hmm. nervous and I'm very, my tum-tum hurts. And I I've now suddenly hate this project I was so excited mm-hmm. to go, about to go two months ago. And so I told Patrick, I'm like, I don't have a timeline he's like no he's like i'm like i can do this whenever i want he said yeah whenever you want eventually the time where you have to pull the trigger you have to do it you can't talk about it forever but it is if it's something that you love doing so dear listeners i hope you have something that you enjoy in your life but you don't feel like you're on a schedule you don't have to be on a schedule and if you don't, you should contact Sarah and she'll give you a thing to go after, an assignment. Oh, I'll give you an assignment? Yeah. Well, mostly. You like how I just signed you up for that. Yeah. Good. I don't have enough to do. You're uh, going to be like skiing and the person's going to be like, I have no legs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Boom. My grandfather didn't have legs. We worked it out. Right. No, actually, we never did. Um, he was, just, he was just, didn't want to leave. Gosh. Oh, you know, I kind of thought everyone's grandpa didn't have legs. Really? I had one grandpa with legs and one without, so I just kind of assumed right. that kind of like like reverse caterpillars, where like humans just go through like. Well, no, I just, I just, I never, I never thought that he maybe ever had legs. I don't know. That's just how he was. So I get that. So I was just yeah That's surprised. What grandpas are like when everybody always had legs. I'm like, oh, because sometimes people don't. I'm just it's letting true. you know. <laughs> and um, yeah. Lovely. This has been a nice chat. Is there anything yeah. you would recommend or suggest for folks who want to get into it? Yeah, so much, but um, in like really small steps, like maybe just yeah. even oh, but to I pretend have... they only have their phone. Right. They only have a phone. Well, that was my first thing I was gonna say. You okay. don't need to go like buy a bunch um, at all. Um, so it's the guy who spent thousands of dollars <laughs> on photography equipment. But yeah, but you really love it. I do, <laughs> and you're very invested. And man, the first things I spent money on were the wrong things because oh really? Um, like. 
uh, your phone is your phone is so much more amazing than all the cameras like that you know than your phone's like better than a ten thousand dollar camera in 1998 um and uh, if there's plenty of light out, your birds are getting plenty of water. Um, yep. Your phone is great. Um, instead of thinking like, oh, I can't get a picture of Rainier. Like, well, what can you get a photo of with a phone? Because um, those limitations are great. They make you see the world in a different way. Um, and then, you know, from there, there's a lot of ways you can go. There are so many resources out there um, for people who want to get better at photography. YouTube's amazing. Um, there's some place like Petapixel or F-Stoppers are maybe good places to start. Um, but they're all sponsored by people who produce photography gear. So you're going to... Oh, get a stilted sort of... It can be easy to think, I need the gear. You just want to look for the, like, how to see things. Um, and if you're on vacation, look for photo tours. Um, often there's places where they let you, like, borrow a camera or they'll just be happy for you to have your cell phone. Like when I was in Kauai... Jenny and I um, did this like van tour mm -hmm. um, and it was a great, it was awesome to just get out, see the place. Um, uh, but then, you know, the person's also like, here's how to get a photo, you know, here's some options. Um, here's a way to take a photo. Oh, really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, or maybe if you have a friend who's into photography, just like hit them up and go on a trip with them and you'll get a chance to like see things a little bit differently. Make sure you're somebody who's okay, like sitting at the same viewpoint for an hour. Mm, um, mm -hmm. But, um, but, uh, oh man, you don't, we get so caught up in these trips and we need to go all these places. But when you hang out in the same place for an hour, you see so much that you wouldn't otherwise. So, um, but yeah, just take photos, yeah. experiment, have fun. You've got this amazing camera that just came with your phone. Yeah. Um, if you're sitting at the bus stop, you know, do like college, like a picture of a bag blowing in the wind cinema verite. <laughs> I took a beautiful picture of, well, I think it's beautiful, of, if you guys listened previously, the bellows mm -hmm. of the articulated bus, just the bellows part, oh, yeah, the yeah. way the, the light went in and the the deep, gross uh, city crust yes. in each yes. in each fold of the bellows. Um, and that was in one of the grossest places you can stand in Seattle, Washington. Mm -hmm. So... There's, there really is beauty all around. But no, really, there is, though. <laughs> or, or put your phone, like most of your phones will go in like the black and white mode, and you'll see the world very differently in black and white. Oh. Uh, or try to capture a mood, right? Be like, not just why is this a photo of, what's the mood? Maybe I use filters. Maybe I just like change where I'm standing. But I somehow mm -hmm. like, well, let, me, let me try to get the mood and recreate the feeling I had, yeah. not just get the photo. Yeah. So. It's not all eye candy. Although, gosh, do I love eye candy. Although that's usually used as a way of objectifying beautiful people. I mean, like, sunsets. I mean, like, those bellows. <laughs> things, things, that, things that produce endorphins in your brain when you look at them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. ASMR for eyeballs. Yes. Um, is, uh, <laughs> is something. Oh, gosh. I like to watch people ice cakes on Instagram. Do you ever just go on, like, deep dives into, like, weird... Uh, weird hashtags until you're just watching nothing but Baker's ice cakes. Yes. <laughs> um, I like guitar picks on strings. Ooh, that's pretty. Like, um, it's 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 not ASMR because it's I like the visual actually. Because they did the ting 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 like yeah. it, it hops. I don't know why I like it, but it's just it's it's nice for me to watch 
and I relax by just scrolling Pinterest on my mm-hmm. iPad. So. Aw, you pronounce it Pinterest? How is it pronounced? It's not called Pinterest? That makes more sense. <laughs> like it's my interest. I'm from but Tennessee, I put it... though, so I grew up pronouncing Interest. 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 I am not one who should ever correct anyone ever regarding anything yep. ever because of the mistakes I make constantly. But that one, I thought I was pretty sure on that one. Pinterest. Pinter- I just, like I Pinterest. Like interest. Yeah. I mean, yeah, call it whatever yeah. you want. Pinterest. I'm, Pinterest. It's not my company. I don't care. Right. Um, lovely. Well, thank you so much. Hey, thank um, you. Uh, check out Sad Prov. Mm-hmm. Um, if you search for Tony Beeman Photography, I'm eventually on Facebook. I'm also, I'm putting the Sad Prov photos up there. I'm eventually going to put my daily photos up on that. They're really pretty. I was, yeah. I was hoping that maybe you'll send me some that I can post on my, um, I think you're nice Instagram. Yeah. So you can see all the pretty things that we were talking about. Like that family, for instance. Yes. I want people to see that family because yeah. it's a really joyous picture. There's a butt ton of them, right? Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. So, and it's like, I've got the wrong lens. It's like this wide angle lens. So they're slightly <laughs> bent, but, you know. Hey, yeah. it was better than the selfie arm yeah. where every there's like two people in it and then everyone else yeah. just tops the heads. Yeah. So And don't fall in any geysers with your selfie sticks. Oh my goodness. Please be self-aware in life and with your selfie sticks yes. and don't fall into a geyser. Oh, musical arm farts. Can you do it with your sweater on? Um, I, um, we'll see. I okay. can do like hand farts. Is that yeah, allowed? No, you can do, Tony, you fart however you want to. <laughs> <laughs> or like, oh, I'm a trumb- I should do trombone farts. We used to do that with our mouthpieces. You, you have a problem, by the way, if your part sound like that. Please go see a doctor. <laughs> like you may have a duck in your butt. <laughs> I thought when I was younger, it came out more part like. <laughs> well, you also don't have, did you actually have your mouthpiece though for the duck part? No, it was just an <laughs> <laughs> You know, when you're in high school, everything sounds like a fart. Uh- <laughs> yeah. There we go. There we go. There we go. Whoa, God. Good stuff. Thank you, Tony Beeman. Thank you. Okay, bye. Yay.